I'm dying. I'm here under duress. Shut up. You have to do this with me. I can't do it alone. All right. Okay. Okay, everybody. All of you. There's a lot of you. There's so many. Thousands. So many of you already in one show. I can't even believe it. Anyway, uh, I'm uh, Sandra Diarrhea Sanchez, and with me is my lovely lady friend, Sarah. <laughs> Isn't this so lame? I hate doing this part so much. It it's just feels little, so unnatural. Yeah. I told you it would be unnatural. Okay, um, you're an announcer now. Yeah, it feels like in a weird way. Uh, my bowels, my, my poor bowels. I don't, I don't even know what to tell you about it. It's yeah. so weak. You've lost like 35 pounds in two days. I think I've lost like seriously like five or six pounds. On Friday, I barfed, and then I went to work to tough it out. And then I came home, and I had the runs, but it wasn't, like, crazy bad. And then yesterday was really okay-ish. I don't understand, though, how, like, hours later, in the middle of the night, you wake up and, like, pee out of your ass. I don't don't, understand. That's so sexy. Everybody's tuning into a lesbian show for sexy talk. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what it is. Um, I don't know. I woke up at 1 in the morning having a dream that I was going to shit my fucking pants, and then I woke up, and I almost shit my fucking pants. We have white sheets. Yeah, not cool. Thanks for um, I told uh, told about it on the or I talked about it on the other show about how you scrubbed the period stain out for me. Oh, <clears throat> on that okay. show. And I'm sorry if that embarrasses you, but to me that's love. I don't know. All women bleed. It's okay, but it's mine. Yeah. Okay, so we had a debate on that show about whether or not you really cared for me or the sheets. Oh, <laughs> um, well the sheets. Yeah. But okay, that's cool. They're 300 thread count, right? 400. Something like that, yeah. but I, you know, I do care for you. Right. Just the sheets a little bit a little You bit also are the one that has to sleep on the stain side. I don't mind. I don't care. It's mine. It's my own business. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I guess everybody's up to speed now. Yeah. Um, well, someone's got to do it, you know? That's, that's my motto. So as far as my having diarrhea goes, does it change anything as far as our relationship is? Are we, are we still cool? Because you've, you've also picked up uh, underwear that were saturated in my urine. I know this is really important because some people don't what? listen to the when old show. When did I do that? Remember when I had kidney stones when I was pregnant? Oh. And I was wishing I to die? I don't remember that, You though. don't? I do. That was one of those. Uh, I just remember thinking you were going to die. I was very worried about you. So at what point did you, did you really think I was going to die? When you touched my urine? Or when you... No? No, when you were like crying in pain and curled up in the fetal position and you were barfing for four days straight and you were carrying... My unborn child. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's a yeah. good... Yeah, and then we went to the hospital, didn't we? Twice. Right. Well, the first time they sent me home with back pain, so I don't really... Yeah, well, you did have back pain, didn't you? <laughs> I guess apparently from the kidney stones, yes, which is a tremendous amount of pain. And right. I, I've, okay, men always say kidney stones is the, the male equivalent to labor, and I say no, absolutely not, no? because I've had both, and at the end of labor, I was begging for kidney stones. I would have traded. Really? In, you don't okay. remember that? I remember No, that. I do. I do. It's just setting the record straight. We're just letting everyone know. Okay, I've got a shit story here on my phone because I feel it's like, is thematic a word? Is that the right word? Thematic? No? Okay. No. <laughs> Does that, I don't even really know what it means. I've lost a lot of fluid here. I've lost a lot of liquid. You're delirious. I'm, I'm really tired. It's apropos. I don't know what that means either. So let's just move along. Let's just move along. We'll just, we'll just keep the pace going and hope nobody notices. Okay, so I got an email from someone. Uh, uh. Malcolm's awake. Oh, why does he do this every time we get started? Okay, hang on. Mom. Mom. Mom, we love you. God, he's dying. Okay, hang on, everybody. Okay, I'm back. I'm back alone. Uh, It's exactly a week later. Well, actually, it's Saturday. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's 12.45 p.m. I'm drinking a beer. Sarah is not here. 
she's gone to take uh, Malcolmo to her parents' house, and I have an hour and a half to myself. So initially, what I wanted to do last weekend, uh, when I was draining my body of all fucking fluids, God, I was sick. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to record uh, last weekend, but it didn't work out, and then this weekend is not looking good, because whatever the fuck uh, I had, E. cola. Ecola, Ecoli, Ebola, whatever the fuck. Uh, I've now passed to Sarah. So I thought we've got three really good segments and I don't want people to have to wait another week for us to record something. So worst comes to worst, you're stuck with me and only me. And in the best case scenario, I'll put this episode up and record another one with Sarah, uh, which I think would be slightly more entertaining. Very much more entertaining. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. But in the last segment where Sarah and I were talking, I talked about having a shit story from a listener. And I'm of the belief that every single person out there has a shit story. And it's just a matter of time before it comes out. And what a great way to bond in today's society where we're so like apathetic. Nobody gives a fuck about anybody else. But we all have a shit story. So why not why not start there when you meet people? Hello, my name is Jennifer and I almost shit myself on a bus in 1995. There. Boom. And then you could reply, my name is Tom and I almost shit myself in an elevator in 2004. Friendship, dating, love, marriage, make this shit happen. Okay, so enough of this bullshit. This is the email I got, and I'm really bad at reading stuff out loud, which is really great for all of you, <laughs> but I'm not as bad as Bill Burr. Somebody needs to fucking get that guy hooked on phonics or some shit, because it is painful, painful to listen to his commercials. Okay, here we go. Uh, the letter starts, okay, I'll deny this in a courtroom or in front of a hot lady, but... I work for a well-known courier company and I got caught out in the outskirts of Calgary uh, city limits and the shit need came fast and furiously. I had that instant cold sweat that's always so unpleasant. I was panicked. Oh my God, do I risk driving into the city and crapping myself? Do I try to find a bush in this freezing snowy tundra? Finally, I did the only thing I could think of. I went in the back of my truck and found a shipping pack and lots of paper towel. It was mortifying, and again, I will deny, deny, deny. Then I had to toss it out. <laughs> and I was worried someone would open it thinking a package got lost, but secretly that actually made me laugh. There's a Petro Canada, which is a gas station in Canada, in South Calgary that I hope no homeless people were digging for cans that day. There. There it is, classy to the end. From Anonymous. So that is a beautiful story. I'm really glad that uh, that we got that. I had a shit story too. And uh, Mike Schmidt from the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast, which most of you probably came from in the old days and followed me here, I guess. Uh, he talked about a shit story on his show last week. And I have so many shit stories, I just don't even know where to start. Um, I've had many photo finishes. Um, while I was pregnant, I thought I was going through labor. I think I just kind of had the flu. And uh, yeah, so I thought I'm in the comfort of my own home and I, you know, tooted and yeah, yeah, guess what? Yeah, a little wet, a little damp, a little damp in the pants there on that one and not in a good way. Yeah, so that was cool. That's the first and only time I've ever sharded. So you all know that now. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so... How about a segment? Uh, this is Electric Gary, and Electric Gary used to contribute to the Return to Sender podcast that I used to do, which I don't do anymore, and I don't really think I'm affiliated anymore, but I still think you should go and listen because I still think it's funny. 
and I still think it was good, mostly, except for when I sucked, and that was pretty much for a year now. So Electric Gary is an electrician out of Oregon. I think he has chickens. He's got a hot wife that likes to act. He also likes to act, and he's just interesting. Like, this is the kind of guy you want to sit at a bar with and just shoot the shit and eat salty pretzels because they're making me thirsty. So let's hear what Gary has to say. When you're in the dark and you want to see, you need a... Electricity, electricity. Flip that switch and what do you get? You get a... Electricity, electricity. Every room can now be lit with just a... Electricity, Hey, Sandra and Sugar, or Sarah, or whomever has uh, joined as co-host this week. Welcome to the new show. I'm so excited to be here. This is, uh, you know, not the best of circumstances to get you here, but uh, very glad to be here all the same. Um, I plan to try and do pretty much the same segment I've always done because I can't come up with anything else to say. And as you said in your first episode, I'd rather do short and hopefully good rather than long and full of shit. So, a um, couple of quick points this time, I guess. Uh, the last segment that I actually sent to Mike, and he never actually heard, strangely enough, was a question wondering if you could recall any time that something could have gone horribly wrong but didn't, um, meaning if you had um, made a wrong decision or you know thought you were going to get in trouble for something and that it, couldn't, it could have gone to the, the worst possible place and destroyed your whole life but didn't. If you could remember an occasion like that happening, that's the question I asked, and it happened to be coincidentally when things went horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I was listening to an old episode of Dan Savage's podcast, Savage Lovecast, because I am way behind on it, but uh, he was uh, taking a call from a guy who had asked his new girlfriend for her underwear after sex. Uh, They were apparently somewhat soiled, and his 11-year-old nephew somehow got a hold of them and ended up enjoying himself. So it was a very twisted, kind of sick situation. But Dan ended up saying the word panties at least 27 times. So I was wondering if uh, that left an impression on Sandra. And then uh, the one thing I did want to talk about that uh, that struck me as, as very fascinating, I heard a story about a town in Vancouver, B.C., well, I guess not Vancouver. It was, it's, an, it's its own town uh, of Kitsault. Uh, I don't know if this is something that all Canadians learn about in school, but in 1979, I think, maybe it wasn't that long ago. I think they ended up in 83. At any rate, this town has been abandoned for over 30 years, just over 30 years, about 30 years in about a week. Uh, they had a molybdenum mine there, and this town, uh, company came in and built a whole town, built like 1,100 houses and a bunch of apartments, and a, a shopping mall and a curling rink with a movie theater and a full hospital, a full town. And then the molybdenum market went to shit and they bought back all the houses from the employees, kicked everybody out and closed the town. And ever since last 30 years, most of our lives, this town has been sitting there completely the same, but vacant. And I guess they left the power on and there's been like one person there kind of taking care of things so that the the BC winters don't destroy these places, but you can actually go online. I, I sent Sandra a link to the article and you can see a video and pictures and this place is exactly like it was. It's uh, kind of cool. There's uh, actually even a, a, a an expired bag of saline hanging on a rack for an IV in this hospital that expired in 1983. 
if you imagine being like for on a hike in BC, coming out of the forest and seeing a completely vacant town, it'd be some strange zombie land kind of thing. But uh, anyway, things like that trip me out, and I thought I would share it with you. So we will talk to you next week. Life of Gary. Kick ass, Gary. Kick ass. Still got it. Uh, Kitsalt, uh, it's, I saw the video, I watched the video that Gary recommended and, uh, it's weird. It's super fucking weird. He's entirely right. It's just, is it's like people just picked up and left. Their books are still there. Their things are still there. I think they were trying to maybe fight not getting kicked out, but they had these people removed, which is pretty scary stuff. And then some big fat packy came and bought the whole town, everything included for $5 million. Like it had, it had a mall. It has all of these houses. Like, I don't know how many houses and apartments and stuff. Like, for $5 million? That seems pretty cheap. But guess what? Now, whatever, I can't remember what it, what it is that they were mining, but uh, that has come back, and it's now valuable again. And that, and they want to put a pipeline in. So, awesome. <laughs> like, that's what Canada needs is more pipelines. Okay, thanks, Gary. Uh, as far as your question goes um, about a decision... That could have gone horribly wrong, but didn't. I'm about to get really emotional on, on you guys here. Uh, I'm drinking beer and it's one. So this is going to turn into a country song. Um, but okay, if assuming that this is the first or the second episode that you've ever heard me talk on, uh, some background information. Um, right. So Malcolm is donor conceived. He's our son, Sarah and I's son. Oh, there goes the train. Awesome. Uh, so what ended up happening is the wait in Canada, as it is for most things medical, it's, it's, the fertility clinics here aren't free, but, uh, they had at the time, this was like a year, well, two years ago, really two and a half, maybe now, um, they had just introduced a 40% subsidy on everything fertility related. So there was a mad dash to the fertility clinic, not as mad a dash as there was at a Walmart <laughs> in Long Island, but we'll get to that later. Uh, on Black Friday, but, uh, so everybody was rushing and there was just such a long wait and my eggs were curdling and I was just in a mad panic to get pregnant. I just, you know, my biological clock was pounding like fucking crazy and I wanted to get this done. So we have other lesbian friends who went down to the States and basically how it worked down there is, um, you pick a donor, like, which is really weird. You kind of look through a yellow pages of people and decide on who you like. So you pick a donor and they will literally ship via UPS to either any address in the United States without a doctor or to like a UPS uh, store. So that's what we did. I would pee on a stick. I'd get a happy face telling me I would, uh, sorry, I was ovulating or going to ovulate in 24 hours and then we'd go down there and pick it up. But the problem being you cannot bring that sperm across the Canadian border because it's like contraband or whatever. Like you can bring your ball sack full of sperm over, back, over, back again as many, as many times as you fucking want. But I can't bring... <laughs> a cryogenically frozen tank back over with me. So what ended up happening is uh, I got accepted to the fertility clinic after a nine-month wait, just the exact same cycle that I got pregnant. So now we're in a bit of a dilemma. Uh, what I should have done is, pro is buy as many, as many vials of max sperm donor as I possibly could. I didn't. It was financial. It was a financial reason that I didn't buy them and... Uh, yeah. So what ended up happening is these horrible women that live in Minnesota bought 40 vials and, uh, they got down to their last eight. And I wrote on the sperm bank forum that I would be interested in buying those eight. And, uh, they said, okay, thousand dollars per vial, which is extortion. 
So that's fucking awesome. So I wrote back. I said, I'm sorry. We just don't have that money. Uh, it's just not financially possible for us. Oh, sorry. I should have mentioned they bought the last 40 vials. There were no more. So when I called to buy more, there were none. And at the time, I was absolutely, totally devastated. Like, now what do we do? Because it was so important to me at the time that our children, although they'd be half-siblings, be siblings, you know, like biologically or whatever. So that didn't work out. We ended up with four vials and we exhausted them all. And I'm not upset about it. I think the whole point of me kind of giving you this brief uh, explanation is that it's something that I think the person I was two years ago would have been like, I would have, I was, I was really, really upset about it. But now um, I think having a kid gives you different perspective in life, like not to get all preachy or anything, but it does, it does give you perspective. And watching Sarah's parents and Sarah's brothers and Sarah love my biological son, it, it's opened me up in a totally different way. I mean, yeah, they won't be biologically related, but they're going to love each other. And I'm going to love Sarah's child, like her technical biologically, biological child, just as fiercely and wholeheartedly as I love Malcolm. So that's something I think that could have gone horribly wrong, but it didn't. And I think, I think it's exactly what was supposed to happen. Like, I know that's something people say in retrospect because they have no choice and there's no way to change it. But I really think, I really think now that it's what our family was meant to be. You know, like we've basically, we'll each have given birth to a child and we'll adopt each other's child and that'll be our family. So yeah, that's, sorry, it's a little emotional for one o'clock on a Saturday, but I'm drinking beer. So yeah, there's that. And that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so on to panties. Let's change the subject and get to uh, the panties. Uh, panty is, uh, I think, my least favorite word. And if you talk to most women, it is also their least favorite word. And I did listen to that episode of Savage Love because I love Dan Savage, but I don't love the word panty. So I had to skip ahead to the next episode of Dan Savage. But on the subject of panties, um, I do have a really disgusting panty story that I'd like to share with everybody. I had a friend who, I think we were all 15, young and dumb, and she had her cousin live with her from out of town. Like he came into town to study something at, at one of the colleges here. And uh, when he left, um, turns out he had a pair of his first cousin's panties. I'm going to say panty because this makes this whole thing even more disturbing. <laughs> They found a pair of her worn panties under his bed that I guess he had forgotten. And I think that 11-year-old boy and her then 18-year-old cousin had the same agenda. And I, I just, boys are gross. Boys are really fucking gross. Like, never mind that that's her first cousin, but you're like smelling pee and bum. What, what arouses you about that? I guess that a woman's vagina was pressed against that cloth. I don't know, boys. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's just me or, or what, but what you would want with anyone's underwear, especially your cousin's underwear. I don't know. I just, uh, <sighs> okay, let's file that under boys are gross and a little bit weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you guys live. I just don't get it. Okay, let's put an e-break on this whole fucking thing and hear from Rose. Rose, I don't have a theme song for you. I don't know. You pick your own theme song, okay? All right? That goes for all of you, okay? 
Hi, my name is Rose, and my segment is basically to ask a question each week. Sanchez can answer, guests can answer, listeners can send in their answers, whatever, and um, I'm going to answer too, sorry. So the first one is, talk about something that you encounter on a regular basis that's annoying, and let us know if you found a way of dealing with it. Here's mine. Um, The elevator in the shitty office building that I work in has panels of buttons on each side of the door, but at least once a week that goes completely unnoticed by some guy getting on board. I'll be standing to one side, um, having apathetically chosen my own 15th floor and relaxed into a slump of resignation. That's work for you. Some suited fuck will step on and tell me what floor button he needs pushed. He's completely ignoring the other panel of buttons that are right next to him. It's like somehow I've turned into a Depression-era besuited monkey on a stool just waiting to push a button with my hat held out for a tip. But no, I'm a gorilla, always eager for a chance to sling some shit. My shit, your shit, let me just sling some shit. Anyway, because of these douchebags uh, could be someone that I work with by email, I can't mouth off. Instead, either I'll push the button for him and then point out the panel that he's standing next to that his fingers might also know how to work. Then I'll smile and shrug. That's the icing on a passive-aggressive cake of hate. Or I'll just act like I don't hear him because I'm listening to my earbuds, too tuned into whatever I'm listening to to hear the outside world. In that case, the dick bag will usually reach across right in front of me, right across my chest, to push a button that's twice as far away from him as the one he's ignoring. Somehow, my personal space is a shit magnet. I'll step back like I'm aware of him for the first time and in a confused way ask, oh, is that panel next to you not working? And then I'll enjoy the silent, awkward ride. When one of us leaves the elevator, I add a little, have a nice day. And once I'm out of earshot, I mutter, fucking asshole. Anyway, that's it for me. Now tell us an annoying thing that you have to deal with on a regular basis and how do you fucking cope with it? Thanks. Bye. Uh, Is people. It's, it's people. I'm a mailman. I know it's not rocket science. It's actually a job for dumb people who can walk really fast and carry a lot of stuff, which is right up my alley. That's me to a T. Uh, just for example, what happened to me on Friday, we had a huge snowstorm here, I think Wednesday, like tons of snow. Like I think about two, well, okay, I shouldn't say huge snowstorm, but it's a lot to walk in. It's fluffy, probably about five centimeters. Maybe that's about two, two and a half inches. I don't know. I don't do conversions. You guys have to figure that shit out yourself selves and uh, I was trudging through it and this woman had the tiniest mailbox I've ever seen it uh it had a little slot in it just big enough to put a letter in like maybe two letters in and it had like a key kind of on it so you'd turn the key to pull the box down towards yourself and put whatever the fuck you had in there so I had a ton of stuff for her like a ton of fucking stuff so I'm ramming it and slamming it jamming it in there I'm getting really fucking mad because my hands are full and she's got the stupidest smallest fucking mailbox in the history of the fucking world and yeah so that was that day that was Wednesday Thursday I go back and she can hear me because I'm obviously fighting with this fucking stupid mailbox and she comes outside and she's quite middle-aged and you know overweight and her her dog kind of looked at me with pleading eyes like please take me with you please she's beating me but she came outside and uh She said, can you stop that? And I said, I'm sorry. Can you stop that? You're going to break it. 
And I was like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm struggling with it. It's hard. It's kind of hard to open. Well, what you're supposed to do is you put the letters in here. And then she had like a weird, like ceramic cat thing. <laughs> like it's a total, I'm a single white woman and no one will ever love me cat. I think that's what it should have been. It should have had a plaque that said that. And she's like, well, you put the letters in here and then just put everything else behind this cat. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm so fucking stupid. How, why didn't I think of that? Putting it behind this stupid fucking cat instead of you going to Home Depot and spending $18 on a fucking mailbox, you fucking bitch. Yeah, but no, that's cool. Certainly. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea I was supposed to put your mail behind this ceramic cat. Well, now I know. Well, now I know, sweetheart. Now I know. And then there was another time. I've told the story a million times, but I don't give a shit. Uh, I was pregnant and I had, I was spotting. I was about 20 weeks pregnant, so that's about halfway. And I went to the bathroom and there's blood in the toilet. And I was quite concerned as you might be as well. And uh, yeah, but I didn't want to go home because I'm like, what am I going to do at home? I'm just going to drive myself fucking crazy at home, right? And I had all this work to do and there was nobody there to replace me. So I thought, I'll just, you know what? I'm just going to tough it out and do it because it'll be better for my brain to have something else to concentrate on. So I go on my way and I'm, I'm running really late. I don't want to walk too fast. I don't want to carry too much at a time. I'm just, I'm taking my time and I'm fucking just surviving, right? So I end up going to this old folks home. It's not like an old folks home. It's like an apartment building for old people where they like play cribbage in the dining room and just wait to die pretty much. So I get there and there's probably like maybe 150 people that live there. And I'm not there till six and I'm sure I would have normally been there at four on a regular day. So I walk in the door and all I hear is, well, she's late. Why is she, why is she so late? Why is the mail so late? What's taking so long? And then it starts. Now I've, I've fucking had it at that point with that place because I had been there all week and it's like Thursday or Friday now. And mail and old people, I liken it to catnip and cats. They just can't, they can't stay away and they can't resist it. It's like, as soon as those mailboxes, they hear the clink of them opening, they all come running and they've got these walkers and they're like, and they're like male zombies, male, male, so fucking stupid. So it's getting me real crazy now. Now I'm real tired. I'm worried about the potential health of my unborn child. And these old people are fucking swarming me. So all I can hear is, oh, she's so late. Why is she so late? She's so late with I said, oh my God, it's six o'clock. Why is she so late? So after about three solid minutes of that and people trying to stick their fucking hands in their mailboxes and grab their stuff, and you can't do that, okay? You can't do it. Get your fucking hands out of there. Just wait and use your fucking key, asshole. Um, yeah, so they kept at me and they're swarming and they're getting closer and closer and closer and my blood pressure is getting higher and higher and higher. So eventually I just turn around and I go, Ugh! and, uh, yeah, that uh, was <laughs> that was about it. So I had just about had enough of that. And surprisingly, guess what? When I freaked out like that, none of them grasped the concept of personal space. None of them. None of them. So I just I got out of there eventually. But man, that was uh, that was the closest I came to ever hitting an old person. So uh, my daily annoyance is everyone. Okay. Now having said that, uh, we can move on to someone who's two people whose jobs actually matter <laughs> to the world not just delivering pieces of paper uh okay what's there to be said so dr mike is a doctor in northern california and uh, jolene the ninja is um studying acupuncture and i really like them and i can't tell you guys how happy i am 
that they came with me from the Return to Sender show onto this piece of shit, which can only get better. Like it's episode two and I'm kind of drunk at one o'clock in the afternoon. So episode three, who knows? Shooting heroin. We'll see. So the, these people, the thing about doing a podcast is like the benefit, the most important thing. It's not just ego for me anyway. It's, uh, you kind of develop bonds with people that know an incredible amount, like things that you wouldn't tell your best friend I had said on that show. Things my best friends, my real life best friends don't know. So people that know your dirtiest, darkest secrets, because there's, there's, there's a thing that happens when you talk into a microphone to many, many people uh, anonymously. No one has seen my face. It's hideous. You, you don't want to see my face. But there's something that happens where it's like all of your secrets are kind of like, why keep them secret? You know, they'll never find me. None of these people will know where I live. None of these people, well, very few will know where I live and what I look like and, you know, things like that. So there, it's kind of like you trick yourself into thinking no one, you're talking to yourself, you know, like no one's, no one's listening and no one will ever find out and no one will hear you. But these people have heard everything, all of my terrible secrets, and they still care about me, like on a personal level. And I think Gary and soon to be Rose and Dr. Mike and Jolene and Tanya and, and like, fuck, like a million, like at least like 50 other people heard all my shit and my shit stories and they still somehow care. God, I'm getting emotional. Where is my period? I'm making my own period joke because it's warranted. Anyway, here's Dr. Mike and Jolene, part of, uh, part of my cyber family, I would say. Okay. New show, new season. We're back. And this time we're with Sandra on her new show. And we're going to, let's just reintroduce ourselves. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm Jolene. And I am a practicing physician. And I am not. No, I am training to be a needle ninja, which means I'm going to eventually use the techniques of acupuncture and herbs to heal people. Yeah. And our old segment used to be called the East-West segment of the RTS podcast. And now we are for the love of medicine. <laughs> right? Is that what you want for to do? For the love of medicine. For the love of medicine, George, please. <laughs> I think it fits because we both love medicine. It's just two different approaches. Mm -hmm. And the main goal is still the same as to heal bodies and um, fix people that are broken. Yeah. Or people that are sort of broken. Yeah. No matter how, no matter what, no matter how they're broken. And a lot of it is taking, you know, taking care of ourselves and, and preventative experience. Yeah. I'm a big fan of preventative and, signs and symptoms that things aren't going well with your body, pay more attention and fix it. When did you know you wanted to go into Eastern medicine? Oh boy. Well, I was sitting, um, no, I was not sitting. I was laying down and getting needled and I was in the zone. I was meditating. I was trying to clear thoughts, which is Uh never an easy thing for me. I'm like, Oh, there's a thought, there's a thought, there's a thought. And when One time I just thought, yeah, I want to do this to people. I want to put needles in people and make them feel as amazing as I feel right now. Yeah. What about you? Uh, You know what it was? I had this amazing high school teacher. This guy, what was his name? Uh, I think it was Mr. Gonzalez. And Mr. Gonzalez... um, he was just really inspirational. I was in 11th grade and I was planning on becoming a, I was planning on becoming a, an engineer, like an electrical engineer. 
and he just sort of let me do science projects in biology class. And I just, I did this thing with fruit flies and I started manipulating their genes and all this crazy stuff. And I went, oh my God, I love this stuff. I said, I want to do this with people. And I just, it just hit, it stuck with me. So I went right in through, I mean, I just knew I wanted to be pre-med in college and straight through and med school and all that. And it's not too far off. You're basically an engineer of the body. Mm-hmm. Like you have to know the ins and outs and how to improve and how to fix, which is pretty similar. So it's the same. Yeah, and I realized idea. I just it. I I didn't realize that I wanted to be all about helping people, and um, that wasn't really so much the calling right away. I liked the science of it. Yes, and the calling sort of came afterwards when I started to do. Uh, volunteer work at hospitals and realize, oh my God, this is so much more cool. And, and it's rewarding and people, yeah. people's lives are changed when mm. they get better. Yeah. So, um, so for this, for this segment, I think we'll do something a little bit different. Maybe we'll, and maybe we can get input from listeners too. But my initial thoughts were we could do like an interesting development or discovery in medicine, either Eastern or medicine. Yeah. Something that's interesting that people want to know about. Um, if there's a drug recall or something like that, and then do an interesting case that I might have had or somebody that you're training with. Fun case Yeah, studies. fun case study. And then um, just tell a little bit about what's going on with us a little bit too. I think so. That, w- that would be fun. Um, I also like the idea of, um, you know, discussing more about what Eastern medicine is. And I think I can probably do it in a more... Um, humorous and funny and exciting there we go because i think i I tried to over explain the first time and i was trying to be accurate i was trying to be precise and it came out very dry and it was okay yeah but now now that i'm studying this i'm in my fourth year know a lot more and it's more exciting and so I think there's there's yeah. a lot more to discuss. So it's a good fresh start, I think. And and you know, make no mistake. I mean, I I and I have told uh, Mike Michaels that I was very appreciative to him giving me a voice on their show so many years ago, and um, I was very thankful to just get a chance to explore that a little bit. And um, I I think that we just. Um, you know, we, I, I have an appreciation. I have a very strong and close connection with Sandra um, and a good friendship. And so I thought it would be, you know, nice to support and nice to continue that relationship because it is very close and endearing. Then I think it's more appropriate to um, follow uh, follow along with the people that still want our input. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And I, I think the format's different. I think Sandra's format is going to develop and, and open itself up and she's going to have more guests and, and that sort of thing. And I think that it's, it's good to be a part of it. We want to be a part of something rather than do our own thing. It's, I like I so. tagging on because I don't have much of an agenda. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I, I like, again, it's not, it's not all about what we want to do and what we want to say. It's, we're always happy to help and happy to be a part of whatever someone else wants yeah. to do. Well, I think cause we can drone on for about 10 minutes, but after that, there's it's not so there's not a whole lot a bunch of ums and hums and so 
I mean, I think that part is yeah. is the the crucial detail. While we don't want to do our own just yet, anyways, you know, I think being a part of a group effort yeah. was always exciting. It's right. It's too. we're joining a community rather than creating our own thing and starting our own podcast, yeah. which is you know like a separate segment to the Return to Center podcast. I think this is more in keeping with what we want to do. Sort of be advisors, be helpers, um, and be a part of a gang rather than start our own thing. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge leader. I like to, I like to help people when they need it. And I don't have time to lead right now. I have no. classes and tests coming up that are going to be, it's going to be too much. So, <laughs> I think sending in our ten minute or under segment yeah. is going to be enough for the listener and for us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like so listening perfect. to my voice drone yeah. on. And, and I don't like listening to your voice either. <laughs> yeah, right, and the, the quality, I think, the quality of the recordings. You think they're going to be better? Those are going to be better. Really? I hope so. Yes, because it was really tough before. Is there a delay now with the Skype? <laughs> it, sounds it sounds wonderful. Way better. Yes, yeah. we got it. Were you looking at me funny? Um all right, so that's it. That's uh, I think that's a good start with us. I think so. All right, fantastic. I think um, I still like our sign-off, Shenjing. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> Stay healthy, Horde. <laughs> You're enjoying your day. Everything's going your way. Then along comes Debbie Downer. Always there to tell you about a new disease, a car accident, or killer bees. We beg her to spare you, Debbie, please. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. There we go. And Debbie Downer News, guess what? There was yet another death on a Black Friday at a Walmart. Calm the fuck down, people. Calm the fuck down. A Walmart worker died early Friday after an out-of-control mob of frenzied... Sorry. Of frenzied shoppers smashed through the Long Island store's front doors and trampled him to death. Okay. You know what? Let's, uh, let's just bring it down a notch here, people. A human life isn't worth saving $20, $25 on a big screen TV. So can we all just do what we did in kindergarten? Get in line, single file, and act like fucking adults. You're enjoying your day. Everything's going your way. Then along comes Debbie Downer. Always there to tell you about a new disease. A car accident or killer bees. We beg her to spare you. Debbie, please. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. Well, that's about it for this week, folks. I'm going to try and get Sarah back in here. Me alone is just fucking, it's too much. Or even sugar, anyone. I just, the problem is I'm clean out of friends. I have no friends. So uh, that's about it, I guess. Um, iTunes reviews, please and thank you if you could. It makes all the difference in the world. We've been in the, we, us, well, us, yeah, us, we, have been in the new and noted section under comedy pretty much since I posted this first one, but iTunes reviews count for a lot. And I started a change of address fan page on Facebook. So you can join that if you wanted. I'm Sandra D. Sanchez on Twitter. You can follow me there. You can friend me on Facebook and uh, you can fuck off. So that's about it for this week. Thanks very much for joining me. And if you need anything, you can email at uh, Bill Burr, curse of Bill Burr. God. You can email me at changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. Feel free. I love shit stories. You know what? If I had a shit story to tell once a week, I'd be in heaven.
<sighs> kind of tired from this beer. I drank at one o'clock in the afternoon for no real reason except for this. I'm also really sorry about the sound quality. I really, I really don't know what I'm doing at all. I'm trying. <laughs> I think it'll get better as we go, but I really don't know. And I don't know how to not breathe into the microphone like a fucking, like, well, like Tony Soprano. I don't know how. I'm like a fat girl eating chips. I am a fat girl eating chips for that matter. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And please, iTunes reviews, guys. Come on. Come on. You can do it from your phone while you're taking a dump. You can do it. Please. Please. Just one each. Just one each. That's all I need. Oh, and week one, I already fucked something up super huge besides the terrible sound quality. I said, Serax and Kate, we're going to come over and watch the Golden Girls with me. And it's Serax and Chuckles. Serax is, uh, Kate is Serax's ex-girlfriend. And Kate hates me. And uh, something tells me she's not coming over. Okay. Um, so I'm really sorry about that. I owe you guys a big apology. And I also got the words to the Golden Girls <laughs> when I quoted it. Totally wrong. Totally wrong. Well, I just missed a, a sentence. That's all. That's cool. We're still friends, right? This all makes sense. Right? How am I going to end this? Should I just leave really long pauses? Should I just kind of taper off and maybe it'll end? This is how I leave answering machine messages. I just leave really long pauses. But then I still talk after a while. Just like to have time to think, you know, eat up about minute to three minutes of your voicemail saying not not much really just uh just talking just endlessly talking about nothing really you know until you just get so mad that you just delete it don't delete it don't delete it don't delete it it'll, it'll get better it'll get better episode three heroin and maybe some tacos Drugs and tacos, tacos and drugs, drugs and tacos, tacos and drugs. Dank, mix it with a little crank and put it in a taco shell Mix a little ground meat with a little shredded beef Drop acid and visit hell Cause I gotta get me some ecstasy And a big ass jar of LSD I gotta smoke that joint that's next to me And then I'll hit up the taco with extra cheese Gotta marinate the steak in the carne asada. 
Cause I'm puffing on the marijuana Shooting that sauce up in my veins Cause it's mild hot fire is insane Don't try to act like you don't like my speak Don't try to act like you don't like to eat I'm searching for some cash cause I'm barely getting by Cause I'm eating fucking tacos and getting hella high Tacos and drugs. Tacos and drugs. Tacos and drugs.